0: I crave more solitude, I want more solitude, but at the same time I would like more company.
1: I am not 100% sure whether the loneliness that I experience now is a real loneliness now or is a re-experiencing of loneliness from childhood. It doesn't really matter because the loneliness is here and I
0: feel it. Welcome to Not A Real Artist, a podcast by me, Tamara Sagadevan,
1: And me, Iris Fritchie-Cousins, discussing relatable creative topics with honesty and humor. Settle in for our next episode called The Lonely
0: Artist. We hope you enjoy the episode. Iris, hello. Hello. You're looking kind of lonely there.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm like all alone in this room by myself, cold, lonely. That's the words. I'm playing violin while you... With (laughs) just... Yes, with just me and my paints. Your cold
0: computer. (laughs) Yeah, my cold computer.
1: It's funny because I was just... We were just reading this poem yesterday. I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, the Wordsworth poem. And he says he wanders lonely as a cloud. I did not think this podcast was going to go this way. Oh, my God, I didn't prepare this. I I cannot talk about poetry. I'm like, oh, my God, me at 17 trying to talk about poetry in school and just failing miserably because I didn't get it ever and always got it wrong anyway. As an adult, I think you cannot get poetry wrong. It's like it's down to you to interpret. But anyway, OK, I digress. I wandered lonely as a cloud. He's talking about loneliness, but I actually don't think he's talking about loneliness. He's talking about being alone and he's talking about solitude. And actually it's a very positive poem to me because especially at the end, he talks about like the inward eye and like like the pleasure of being by yourself and being with yourself and having thoughts and memories and stuff and having those kind of inside yourself and that being company.
0: I think that's really nice. That's a very important concept too talk about right off the bat, the difference between loneliness and solitude, because I feel that people conflate the two. Personally, I feel like a paradox, like every damn episode. I crave more solitude. I want more solitude. But at the same time, I would like more company. And the distinction is important to make because I feel like loneliness is kind of imposed. And it's a feeling and a state of being. And solitude is more self-imposed and it's a space. And I think solitude is a very healthy, it's a thing that grows you. And I think it's a thing that you need in the spiritual sense of being a human, if you have a spirit.
1: Yeah, because you are the only person that you are always with. And in the end... (laughs) you know, not to get morbid, but in the end, like, you know, they say like, you die alone. It doesn't mean you die alone, but it's as in like, all that's left is you. The relationship that you have with yourself is probably the most important relationship that you will have throughout your life because it is the one that you always have. Other things may come and go. Other things are outside of your control, but the relationship with yourself is going to be with you until the day you die. I want to ask you, though, do you feel lonely? Do you feel lonely generally? And how do you feel lonely in relation to your art and your art process?
0: I have historically been a person or a child that was alone or in solitude, either imposed by myself or by others. I've always wanted, it seems, to be alone. And moving here to Poland and also having an art practice and working remotely those things all increased my solitude, but not my loneliness. I do not feel lonely, to be very honest. But I do crave more company sometimes in my art practice. I've been craving that kind of, I want an art date with someone. And I've been trying.
1: Nobody wants to date me. I, I try to date you. I'll do, I, I will have an art date with you. Like. Oh, no, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, you know, I, like, I'm like i saying it on the internet, so it is now true. Okay, but yes, please continue. You're- oh, God, I can't look at you now. So this podcast only exists to make Tamara uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> you have a lot of experience with dating, Iris. <laughs> <laughs> Let's art slut shame here. <laughs> I feel like you have a lot of experience with going on art dates. What do you get from it and, and how does it work for you? I used to think that I didn't
1: like people and this is separate from art. This is just from kind of life. I didn't like being with people terrible social anxiety, stuff like that. And as time and life has gone on, I realize I actually quite like people, but it depends on the people. And also it depends on the type of meeting or the type of gathering. And I realise that I am much better with a one-on-one conversation, a one-on-one meeting than I am with a group. When I'm in a group I feel much more like I have to fight for my right to be heard. I have to speak up. I have to be talked over because people always talk over people, but also me. And then that makes me feel like it brings up a lot of like childhood shit and stuff. Whereas in a one-on-one meeting, I can really be myself and be with the other person. And that's really nice. And so that's why I actually really like Art dates that are in that format. So, me with one other person, maybe two other people. I think a small group of three, if you're kind of like in balance with each other emotionally and energetically, can work for me as well. But any more than that, and it becomes very difficult. So, obviously, like maybe our listeners don't know, but I live in London and Tamara lives in Warsaw in Poland. I don't actually have that many in real life artist dates because I don't know anybody around here. or or, like I've never really met the type of people that I that do mixed media art or this funny art journaling thing so I do my art dates with people online and oh if you want to like find a practical nugget of advice in this podcast doing art dates online either in groups or just one-on-one I highly recommend it because I am very lonely I don't know at this point in time I don't know if that is just experiencing something from childhood that I wasn't able to experience like a lot of my feelings I've feel these days are experiencing a feelings that I never had the opportunity to feel when I was little because I had to survive. I had to put them away in order to like be a functional, you know, functional little girl and not, I don't know, become drug addict or whatever, (laughs) you know, very healthy coping mechanisms. But, you know, later in life, I realized that there's a lot that I didn't go through. So I am not 100% sure whether the loneliness that I experience now is a real loneliness now or is a re-experiencing of loneliness from childhood. But that it doesn't really matter because the loneliness is here and I feel it. It's actually, it makes my art very hard to do because it's painful. Like the process of being by myself and with myself is painful, even though, like you just said uh, before, where you kind of distinguish between loneliness and solitude, I crave solitude and I don't get that much of it because I've got like, you know, I work with my husband, I've got two kids, I've got hobbies, like I don't actually have that much time just to myself. And then even when I do or have the opportunity to take it, I might run away from it because I am trying to avoid the feeling of loneliness. And the feeling of loneliness, even though it might be there all the time, even when I'm with other people, it comes up more strongly if I'm by myself because then I'm no longer distracted from anything apart from like what's inside myself. It's a difficult thing to negotiate and navigate because I feel like the loneliness... And the pain, I guess, of life is part of the reason why I want to create. But then it's also part of the reason that I don't create because things get in the way. And so I've had to develop, I guess, strategies to bring myself to my creativity and to on the one hand, work with that loneliness, but on the other hand, also numb it slightly. Because if I didn't, I would just never end up making any art. So I need to do things like putting on music. Um, So put on classical music. I don't actually know if that, that doesn't necessarily numb the loneliness. It makes it more bearable, I would say. But there are other things I do, which is like, for example, I will paint whilst I put on YouTube videos in the background. That distracts me because then I'm kind of no longer alone. Somebody else is there, you know, painting to or talking to me or whatever. And that can really help. But I often just forget that I can do these kind of things or I will delegitimize it. I will say to myself, like, "Ugh, Iris, you know, you should be painting without these crutches.
0: Um, Who, you know, you're a terrible person. First of all, I do not think you were lonely. I thought that maybe you deal with loneliness sometimes. I'm so glad you stopped me from my bulldozing because it's really eye opening.
1: When I say that I feel lonely, I feel like it's something that I say about myself but without like I'm not blaming like I'm not like boo boohoo I'm so lonely nobody wants me it's all you know it's because of other people that I'm so lonely like I don't mean it that way I or or as if it's somebody else's responsibility to you know quote-unquote fix it's just like it's a reality it's something that I'm learning about and something that I want to know more about. I think I need to go deeper into it, actually, because like I am kind of avoiding it. And maybe that's what I have to do right now. I can't do anything other than that. But I do feel like the way beyond is through, really. So I do feel like that there's more to be explored there and more sitting in the loneliness rather than escaping it. But I don't know at this point in time how to do that. But maybe maybe that's not true. Maybe it's something that I'm already doing. Maybe this whole reaching out and like having artist dates and allowing myself to put on a YouTube video to be in someone's company, even if it's not immediate. Maybe that is part of the way of working through it and engaging with it.
0: I actually had a question. Do you seek to stay with your loneliness or to ease it? And obviously you've answered that now, but it's I'm so used to you doing something with something, you know, like sitting in your shirts. I'm quite taken aback, and i'm and I'm happy about that because it's a certain I know you're always a vulnerable person well often a vulnerable person, but it it just gives me a new sense of also knowing that you know sometimes we think everybody even when they say they don't have their shit together that they actually do have their shit together
1: yeah and I think because of the way that I share things I'm often sharing at the point of having concrete thoughts about something and it makes it sound as if I'm always dealing with my shit I'm always like in that process of sitting in my shit I only do all those things like 10% of the time. 90% of the time, I'm either just busy doing the practical things of life or busy running the fuck away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you get a very distilled and kind of slightly skewed version of what it's like because that's what I output to the world when I make my vlogs or do this podcast or whatever. But a lot of my life is just lived in the kind of like the not very glamorous, slightly shitty in-between times, which are very important, by the way, because I don't think, you know, you can't be on all the time. You can't be working through things all the time. You can't be like having your shit together all the time. Hmm. Um, So I think it's important.
0: Logically, we all know that. Like logically, I know that Iris is not sitting at her desk all the time painting or whoever. Quite the contrary, actually. (laughs) Because we are so used to like what we see is reality. And I'm only seeing that portion. And I'm not saying that's all that you show, but it's just a, it's a fallacy. We Mm. know it, but we forget it, that we're watching a highlight reel. You said fallacy, right? Yeah, did I use the wrong word again?
1: No, no, no. Because when you said fallacy, I also thought you might have said fantasy. And I thought that tickles me because it's like it's a fallacy and a fantasy. When you see someone and their presentation to the world, taking that as all there is, to that person and then maybe even like if you were jealous of that or if you think like oh well they've got all those nice artist dates or whatever and I don't it's a fallacy and a fantasy because you know you using what other people have to compare yourself but not just that but using like kind of sketching a, a false image to compare yourself to the, the phallic fantasy No. No, that's not I'm, what we were
0: saying. <laughs> all the time you're saying fallacy and I I swear to God, it's my head's like phallus, fallus, fallus. <laughs> when you say that like you have these dates with people online and you're not sure like about creating together with someone, I have had some experiences where I have created with people and I've found it and I and I don't mean like on the internet. I mean like physically with someone. I have not found it that enjoyable. Mm. I prefer creating with somebody that is doing something totally the opposite to what I'm doing. So Miha's a bad example of because he lives with me, but he's in a in a different pr- profession. And sometimes when I if I really need to like get stuck into something and I need that kind of outward company because I feel like I need somebody in my sphere, it's better to have somebody that is not doing the same thing as I am because I feel like It puts what I do in perspective, almost. That number one, it's a job too, because it's not always just art and glory, right? And the other thing is, it feels like a little bit less of like a like a circle jerk. (laughs) Oh (laughs) oh my god! All the imagery in this episode. This is a very very. This is a phallic episode. It's a phallic Um, episode. Well, I guess it's a very lonely member. (laughs) We. It's not like, oh, you know, I, I'm struggling to get this right. Oh, oh. it's not. It's it, I feel like when I've created with other artists, like in person, it's kind of being all of us like decrying how shit we are and then saying, oh, no, that's great. Oh, no, that's great. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I feel like with online, it's, it's a little bit different. And also when I say something shit about my art, it's not because I want somebody to say, oh, no, that's great. It's because I really feel it in that moment in time. I'd yeah. rather you say, oh, like you would. It sucks that you feel that way. That sounds difficult yeah
1: yeah I think it's interesting because I have found a similar experience that where sometimes being in a physical space with people and making art I actually feel completely incapable of creating and I end up not being able to do my art because my art is kind of born out of Solitude. And I also think that when you're in a physical space with somebody else and they can see what it is that you're doing, they can observe you like you're really in this space together. And if you're experiencing that, it can feel quite persecuting. It depends on the person that you are with as well uh, and how you feel about them and how you feel like they feel about you. But if it's like someone that you don't know very well, or, you know, there's other issues at play, it can feel really difficult to just feel free and not let their presence become a negative inner voice as in like where you're kind of projecting your own negative inner voice onto them as if like they think something bad about you. So I think that's quite difficult. And I find that that is more absent when I am doing an online art date because with an online art date the camera is usually on my face and not on my work and you know sometimes the other person will say like oh what are you working on and I'll be like oh look this is what I'm working on like I'll hold up my work to the camera but it feels a little bit more like I am both inside my own space and process, and I just happen to have a friendly conversation with the person that I'm with. Yeah, it works quite well for me, but I have to say there is an exception, and this is something that you kind of have to feel out yourself, but I have had certain artist dates. I'm going to name names now. I have I've had artist dates with people in real life. The first one that I'm thinking of is uh, with a friend called Honorata, and and I had an artist date in her studio or had, at her house ugh, several years ago, like five years ago or something something. And we did like collaborative painting together. And I felt slightly intimidated because I felt like she was much more confident. She was much more like legit in my eyes. I let her kind of take charge. But at the same time, we did this completely collaborative painting where we were just painting together on the same paintings. And, you know, like having to negotiate that, like, oh, am I going to paint over what? you've just done that kind of stuff. It was And it was really interesting. And it was very mutual. And it was wonderful. And it was actually in a way, really like working together and being together, as opposed to just happening to be in the same space together and working on your own thing. So that was really interesting. And in a way, it was easier than trying to sit at a desk doing my own work while I'm talking to someone. But I can't really think because a lot of my work is often around thinking and words and phrases that are going around in my head. But I can't have phrases going around in my head if I'm having a conversation about what my kids are doing at school or whatever. More recently, I had an art date with Marike Blockland. Well, I have been friends with her for years and years. We talk every day. I feel very comfortable with her. So it was really just us being together in the same room, but working on our own thing. And it felt like the feeling was so comfortable that I was able to do kind of my own work and be inside my own process. But that's also because with her and with most of my kind of like real true friends, there is a comfort at being silent together, like that you don't need to fill all of the gaps in the conversation, that you don't need to fill the silences. And I think that that is something that's really important when you are together with someone. And it's also really important when you are only together with yourself. And I think maybe that's the difference there's something in not needing to fill the silences. And maybe I find it easier to be together with someone and not have to fill the silences. I can be very comfortable with silence and being together. Whereas when I'm by myself, I feel more of a need to fill the silences because if I don't, then I will feel my loneliness. I think something like that. Oh, and then the third person was Miranda Molukamp, And that was amazing because I'd never met her. Sorry, I'm like, I've just said something really profound. And then I'm like going back into <laughs> practical. No, but the third person was Miranda Molukamp, And it was really great because I had never met her before in physical space. And then we did this artist date together. And it was so, it just felt so easy. And we painted separately. We painted together. Uh, we were talking together. We were silent together. And it was like, it was really special because it was like, oh, wow, look, here's a person that I think I will like because I've met her online and spent some time in like artist dates online and stuff with her. But then to actually find that the same thing was true in a physical space together and to feel so at ease with a new person, really, in a physical space, that was really special to me. So,
0: yeah. I want to talk about Marika. She vlogs as well. And maybe I, I we're going to go into vlogging now. But what I do want to say is I don't know why she does it. But I watched one of her vlogs and she was talking about health. And because of that, I went to the doctor to go and get this cough sorted out. I would never have done it without that. And that's another way that I feel that being in solitude, I would not have sorted that out. But having that social connection, I got that kind of input in my life to change this this kind of horrible thing that's been happening to me
1: you're you're making a connection actually between uh, loneliness or solitude and connection which i think is a real uh that's
0: that's really important isn't it yeah so talk
1: about talk about connection
0: social media has given me connection and i know that i'm the first one to take a big shit all over social media but some of the most deepest connections i've experienced in this artistic life have been over social media to me connection it's just having that person. It's not just about making you feel human or like we're in a group, but it's also, like I said, about giving you those messages that you wouldn't have got by yourself. Because again, we are very narrow. I like we like to think we're wide, all encompassing people, but we all have blinders on. Mm-hmm. And I feel that this connection is just somebody coming and like pulling off a, a blind or just loosening it a little bit. And like, just it's such people have such beautiful, varied lives that it's actually. It's a sad thing, I think, if you don't get somebody else in your life and experience life through their eyes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And also experience
1: yourself through their eyes. I think that to me, that's been one of the most mind boggling things about exposing myself more to relationships with other people rather than just being in my own little cave by myself, not needing anyone by opening myself up to other people and then I get to see myself through their eyes, then it gives me a connection to them, but that then also gives me a connection to myself. And I feel like in a, not in the same kind of way, but in the way that you said that you watched Marika's vlog and then that allowed you to make a doctor's appointment and you wouldn't have if you hadn't watched her vlog. I kind of feel like it's similar. You actually saw yourself differently by
0: having a connection to someone who wasn't yourself. That's exactly what it was. I saw myself through a different lens. I wanted to, this this thing about silence and sitting in silence uh, with another person, right? It's a different kind of silence than sitting by yourself. And I agree with you. Why do you think, I know you can only answer for yourself, but are you able to extrapolate. <laughs> Why others might feel uncomfortable in silence. It's this thing of, you know, when somebody's talking like, I don't think you and I have ever sat in silence with each other, but that's the nature of the work we were doing together. What makes it uncomfortable to sit in silence with someone besides the fact that you might not know them? It's not organic. I think it's letting letting thoughts and feelings come in and it's persecution. I think it's
1: feeling it's feeling persecuted that doesn't allow you to have silence so you have to keep the either your own thoughts but more likely the thoughts that you think the other person has of you keeping them at bay by talking because sometimes you're having a conversation with another person and it's really talking To And with that person, it's almost like, you know, if you imagine you and the other person and there's like streams going between you or like almost like a circle if you're visualizing it. But I also think that and this is especially with people that you don't necessarily know very well or you're not super comfortable either with yourself or with them, then a lot of talking is in aid of changing that person or influencing that person's thoughts about you or controlling that person's thoughts about you and i don't like i say this without judgment i mean this is just something that we all do And it might also be something that we do only with certain people and not with other people. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't have a super kind of concrete opinion about this, but that's kind of how I, no, I do have a concrete opinion about it. It's just that I am open to other people thinking of this differently, but this is Mm. how I think about it. Uh, And also just knowing how I feel when I am in company or with someone and I feel that discomfort and how I then act and how I feel and and that kind of thing as opposed to being with a person who I don't feel like that with and then I can actually have a comfortable silence rather
0: than an uncomfortable silence. I always feel like maybe people do that to kind of just share you know it's connection like what you did on your weekend I don't particularly care but you're sharing with me you're sharing it with me because you want to connect with me. I think that's why people are uncomfortable in silence. I think it's this constant need to, to connect and not knowing how. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's about like people who don't suck your energy. <laughs> Basically, and I have become much more careful, or not just careful, but like I've become much more in tune. Because, like I said, this comes back to what I said before about like I used to think I didn't like people, and it's because I always found myself exhausted after being with people. And I think that it's because I was so worried about what they would think of me. I couldn't really be myself. Probably loads of other things as well. And so it was very difficult to even have a thought of like I like people because they exhausted me and. I have become more aware of people and their energy exhausts me and other people and their energy doesn't exhaust me. And it isn't a formula of like, well, there needs to be this much talking and this much silence. It isn't like that. Like it's about something else that I don't know exactly if I can define or grasp, but it's at least something that I can be conscious of. And so those are the people that I seek out. Those are the people that, you know, I want to have a meeting with you or an art date or a conversation and come out of it afterwards, feeling full of energy and, and, and feeling, I don't know, like it's a net win, yo. <laughs> Rather no. than that I feel drained
0: um and 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 like I need a lie down now. I mean, I'm talking for myself here. I'm not talking for you. But we talk for a long we talk for a long time. And as much as I feel tired afterwards, I don't feel exhausted or drained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is such a good indicator, like where your life force is going, what energizes mm. you. Now, you are, I feel better than I am at when it comes to people that take your energy in, in this space. So if an outer person comes to me that's not in the art space and they start talking shit to me, I'm like, oh, bye. But in this art space, I have come across some people who have <laughs> zapped the shit out of me mm-hmm. and I have not known how to react because I feel like we're in this community together. I feel like me getting into this community felt like a very difficult thing. Like, how do you like gently tell somebody to fuck off? <laughs> you block
1: them <laughs> i don't know i uh, this is difficult like i want to be liked i don't want to do anything that would allow people to paint me with a brush of like oh iris is such a bitch she's, she's so up her own ass kind of thing so i do uh experience some difficulty around this where i don't necessarily feel like you know like like you say like i don't feel like i can just like say okay bye um i don't feel like I have that right but at the same time I've just become I have become better at it but that's a lot of practice and I have very very rarely I have blocked people when I really felt like they were crossing a line and I didn't need to deal with their bullshit because they were just like projecting things onto me and I was like well I don't have to I don't have to be your audience for that. So, but I would yeah, no, I'm <laughs> when I said block them, I I I was obviously being funny because I wouldn't necessarily do that. But I also do really kind of want to defend people's rights to have their own boundaries. So, I would never say like, "Oh no, you shouldn't block thing- people. You should always be nice and friendly." I'm like, "I'm just telling you what I do." I'm not saying that that is right for other people. But yeah, I do think that it's quite important to protect your own energy. And I I also I've become better at like when when people ask me for things that just make me feel not good inside, where it just feels like people are demanding my attention in a one sided way. I have messaged Tamara Laporte before. I'm like, this is happening to me. How do you deal with this? And then she's like really friendly and giving me advice. And I'm like, oh, it's it, it just feels really nice when somebody else has been through it before and they say, like, okay, no, this is what I do and stuff. So, you know, you just little little things like, you know, not responding straight away, not giving people your attention because what you give attention grows. Um, and also knowing that you are allowed to make Uh, decisions and put in boundaries that are right for you because it is not your job to be somebody else's mother or everything like just because you don't like the way somebody communicates with you just because you don't uh, you don't either have time or energy for that or it's not the right kind of relationship because you don't have that relationship with that person it's not your sole responsibility if you say okay I'm not here for this I can't give you this that doesn't mean that there isn't another person out there for that person either a partner or a family member or a friend who can give that to them it's not up to you to be everything for everyone you have to protect your own energy i don't know how this ended up in a episode about loneliness but you know or the lonely artist well i yeah. was just
0: <laughs> we're talking about loneliness and now we're telling you how to to actually become more lonely <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. I needed this because it's a lesson I started fucking strongly learning last year. But this year I'm struggling with it too. That second uh, second part that you said about not giving attention. It was like in your in your list, you gave like three things. Not paying attention, like what you give attention grows. That's a really useful one for me. And the other one is you can't be everything to anyone. I can't even be every, everything to myself sometimes.
1: You need to curate the shit out of who and what you give your attention to. And because we we only have so little time in our days, but also in our lives. And I think that this is a complication of social media. There is so much asking for our attention. We don't just have our near circle of our own little life and the people in it that are asking for attention. We have a potentially inexhaustible list of people and things on the internet that can ask for our attention so you can make yourself very busy and you can make yourself very exhausted by giving attention to everything and it can also almost feel like because you know we're social people and we know that when somebody's talking to us it would feel rude not to respond but we have to kind of shift that thinking yes in a real life when my husband's talking to me if I just like you know, block him, (laughs) then that would be really rude. Right. Um, but (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but we need to kind of retrain our social response when it comes to these types of interactions online, because otherwise You know, like you're going to you're going to kill yourself giving that same amount of attention to every single interaction that you have online as if it was a real life interaction with one's partner or best friend. So, yeah, you got to curate. Curate the shit out of that, bitch.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Argos. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, mom. (laughs) Um, and mom (laughs) no no no
1: so um how are we gonna how are uh, apart from thanking our moms how are we gonna um no I
0: was thanking you not my actual mom I know I understand I understand (laughs) my mom just likes people too much how how are we gonna wrap this up well
1: super nicely
0: how do we wrap this up in a nice bow well Iris I'm going to take my phone and open it Because I had questions to ask you and I just want to make sure that I've addressed everything because I love asking you questions. One of the reasons I'm on this podcast is to dig your soul. (laughs) How do we deal with the fear of rejection? Because I feel sometimes that if we're lonely, it's because we're afraid to be rejected. And the reason I'm asking that question is I wanted to ask... How would someone go about asking another artist on an art date? And we know the quest, the answer for that. You create a podcast and then mention that no one <laughs> wants to <laughs> go on an art date with you. That's the answer to that. But do you have any like dealing with the fear of rejection? No,
1: I, I, in a, it's funny because I feel like in this, in this way, I am not the most qualified person to talk about this because I know, and this isn't because of how I see myself, but it's because I know that the way that I will be seen as a person who vlogs, who teaches on courses, who is talking on a podcast that I co-host with you, I feel like that I will be seen as a person who could ask someone, Hey, do you want to an art date with me and they will most likely say yes not because that's true but, but but because i know that i will be seen as someone who has more legitimacy and agency to be asking that kind of thing as opposed to hey i'm just like a person who likes to do art And I haven't, like, legitimized myself in this sphere. I'm just, like, a person. And then it feels like, well, who am I to be asking Tamara Laporte or Miranda Mollekamp or Marike to um, to have... Can you put my name in there also? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tam. Um Who am I to be asking them to to have an art date with me so i I don't know. I just weasel my way into people's lives and I like become their friends <laughs> and then uh, and then they can't get rid of me. I think that's that's how I do it.
0: I didn't even think about that the, uh, what you're talking about is status and and I don't mean yeah. that in a negative way, yeah, I don't feel like I have status, but i but I you can do I can see yeah, no, I
1: can see that that's how people would see me, so that's why I feel like it would be a little bit false or not false but it would be if I start giving advice then I kind of feel like well how much do people feel like that will apply to them because they might feel like they don't have that thing or they would need to be somehow different I mean you don't that's the the, the short and long of it is you don't but I think actually another thing is that I go where I'm wanted I guess because I am also afraid of rejection so I I guess I don't try to cultivate friendships that don't feel like they have a sense of ease and a sense of like mutual enthusiasm. I kind of feel like I am extremely excited about my friends and my friendships, but I also feel like I get that excitement back from those people. And I don't bark up trees where the person is standoffish or doesn't really seem to like
0: me but that's you have to have a lot of self-awareness as well yeah I feel like
1: Iris from 10 years ago would not have been able to do this because Iris from 10 years ago would have felt like oh gosh all these people are so much better than me they don't want me why would they want to even hang out with me or have anything to do with me and it's it's in a way it's that feeling and that attitude that makes you less attractive to people um, but it's not necessarily something you can
0: change when you feel like that. I don't know maybe I'm just arrogant because I feel like I would still be shocked and it'd be like oh my god uh, Tamara Laporte wants to do an art date with me but then there's another part of me that's like yeah because I'm cool.
1: Yeah, no, that you're a cool person to hang out with. But also you have an awareness of that yourself. As in like, not that you're a narcissist or going like, oh my god, how cool am I? But I think that there is a part of you that knows that you are a worthwhile person with something to offer. And just like, you're a cool person. And 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 you need a little bit of that own kind of feeling of self-worth and self-belief and like even if you don't yourself think, hey, I'm great, at least somebody else might think it. And that's, you know, that's a little bit of like good
0: confidence that allows you to go
1: forth and
0: have art dates. Like if you're feeling lonely in your in your art practice, like just also remember you self fulfill a lot of things, I feel. Mm. And if you feel you're not worthy of having friends and if you're not worthy of XYZ, you probably might not be. I'm gonna be very vulnerable here. So hold on to your hold on to your tits. I had a picture of you at one point on my on my as my wallpaper. <laughs> as your wallpaper? Or like on your computer? I need more details. <laughs> on my phone. On your phone, okay. And I had a message underneath, like, I am worthy of this friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when it became clear to me that you seem to want to be friends, but to me, I felt that the dynamic was still very much uh, ego and uh, the the doctor. And I had to read that a few times. I mean, I got sick of it eventually. I got sick of seeing your face and I took it <laughs> off eventually, but I needed to do that. And right now, like I can even show you that I have a picture of like Mihao and, and Felix on there. And it says, mm-hmm. I am worthy of their love and I mean, it's such a basic thing, but it's reminding myself that when Mihau is showing me affection, or Felix, who's a dog, is showing me affection, that I deserve and I am worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that once you start saying, I'm worthy of friendship, I'm worthy to sit with somebody and commune with them and make art with them and have this beautiful fucking experience of being a human being on this planet and connecting that it will come, and I know that I'm maybe being a little bit too chauw here, but I th- I just really feel it's a self fulfilling thing. So yeah,
1: no, it's like what you give attention grows. So yeah, yeah. so <laughs> if you give a fellas attention, it grows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, thank you very much for listening to this podcast that had a slightly higher percentage of penis jokes than normal. And we thank you so much for your attention. And this podcast will hopefully grow uh, through your attention. And um, no, I'm going to stop saying thank you. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed right now. Here are the key takeaways.
0: One. When talking about loneliness, we could sometimes conflate solitude with loneliness. 2. Solitude is more self-imposed and good for growth. It feels like a choice. Loneliness can sometimes be imposed by others and often feels less like a choice. 3. Sometimes the way we feel about people as a whole is determined by the type of people we engage with and the environment in which we engage with them. 4. You don't need to be with someone in person to engage with them meaningfully or connect. 5. You can create and collaborate with others online, sometimes with more security, autonomy and comfort than in person. 6. A current feeling of loneliness could sometimes be a past loneliness that you're re-experiencing. This is a valid experience. 7. Music Podcasts, body doubling and vlogs are effective ways of working with your loneliness in the studio or in life. It's okay to need and use tools. 8. When in an uncomfortable silence, feeling the compulsion to break it, you can ask, am I in this moment feeling a need to influence any thought this person might have of me? Or is it genuine yearning to connect? 9. When we connect with other people or artists, we could start seeing things or ourselves through a different lens. 10. When you have a fear of loneliness or a fear of hurting other people, you might come across a person who wants to engage with you, but does it in a way that violates boundaries or makes you feel uncomfortable. 11. When that happens, ask yourself. A. Does this drain my energy? Are we both getting a net win from this interaction? B. Choose your response time and whether you give attention to the interaction. What you give attention grows. C. You cannot be everything to everyone. D. Remember, curate your interactions. 12. Cultivate self-awareness around other people so that you can go where friendship wants to blossom. At the same time, have some healthy confidence that you are cool and people do want to meet with you. 13. Loneliness and unworthiness can sometimes work hand in hand and help each other self fulfill. 14. So, dear listeners, please remember you are worthy of love, of friendships, and lots of cool art dates. Once again, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or rating. Or mail us on notarealartistpodcast at gmail.com with any of your questions, insights, or just to say hi. Until next time, goodbye.
1: Um, do you want to start?
0: Is that the tune that you're singing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, it's more like. Oh, interesting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or Saga the Van. Saga. Saga what? Sorry. (laughs) Saga the Van. No, something like that. Okay, sorry. So there, there.
0: S- we sag-a-de-van. should do a whole podcast Yeah, on, like, a whole my,
1: podcast where I say your name You can say Sagadevan Sagadevan
0: De- Yeah, so sag-a-de-van. change the, 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 the van at the end to vin. Sagadevan Yeah I'm, you're saying fallacy And I I swear to God It's my head's like phallus, fallas, fallus. <laughs> and then, you know, I said this thing to you before Like I feel like a little boy again mm. It's like that kind of thing And I'm like, go away Tom Go away <laughs> Don't you think it's it's not Tom it's Dick <laughs> <laughs>